Welcome to Our Future, Our Time. I'm Rhea. And I'm Rashid. Like last time, make sure to stay tuned and every other week as we talk about our future and the way the world will look like in a decade. We'll be having conversations with influential people from around the world, whether politics, environmental conservation, communication and society, overall the world around us and how quickly it's changing. Today we have a conversation with Zibby Owens. Ms. Owens, could you please introduce yourself? Um, my name is oh. Zibby Owens, and you don't have to call me Miss Owens because that makes me feel very old. Um, I am the host of the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. I also recently started another podcast called Moms Don't Have Time to Women Lose Weight. With their weight um, struggles as a group. And my main thing, though, is the book podcast. Um, in addition to the podcast, I have Zibby's Virtual Book Club, which I lead every other week. And I am a frequent guest on TV and um, I contribute book lists to lots of places like Good Morning America every month. And I recently sold an anthology, which is going to be coming out in February called Moms Don't Have Time to a Quarantine Anthology. So what's your podcast about and how did you choose to talk about that topic? My podcast is about, um, I mean, I'm watching from the car. So this is like <laughs> what life is all about is trying to fit in books and I have like three books in my bag and life and parenting and everything else. Um, so the reason I first started the podcast is because I had been doing a lot of writing. Um, I was writing a lot of parenting essays and he things said, like you that. should really write a book of parenting essays. And I said, oh, moms don't have time to read books. And then I thought, <laughs> oh, that's funny. I'll just make that the title of my book. But apparently people I asked didn't think that publishers would find that very funny. Uh, so I consulted with a few friends and one friend said, well, you should really start a podcast. And I was like, well, what's a podcast? So I had one friend I knew who kind of did podcasts. and I was sort of behind the times. This was three years ago and not even three years ago. So I went home and I like researched a bunch of different podcasts and tried to figure out if I were to start one, what would it be? And I realized, oh, well, I'll just use that title I was going to use for a book. It's the title of my podcast. Um, at first, I was going to just read things to save mom's time because I'm always ripping out articles and newspaper things. And I thought, oh, great. I'll just read these great essays that I find or articles from the Times or something like that. Anyway, I found out that was illegal. So, <laughs> I was like, okay, so I'm not going to do that. Um, and I was like, well, I guess I could try to interview the authors I know. I knew like two authors. And I was like, well, just, I'm not going to tell anybody, but I'm just going to try to do this and I'll see if I like it. We'll see how it goes. So I just sort of Googled what's the easiest podcast way to record from your phone. And that's how I did my first <laughs> podcast. And, um, and it just kind of grew from there. So that's how, that's how it started. Yeah. yeah, that's super cool. So when you talk about like all these authors that you've met, is there any particular instance that you really liked or any author that you met that you had a connection with or anything like that? I have ended up having connections with a lot of authors and they've become really close friends. It's amazing. Um, Danny Shapiro is one author who I had idolized from when mm -hmm. I had graduated from college. I read a book of hers called Slow Motion which was a memoir when her parents had been in a horrible car accident, one of whom had died. And I don't know why, but at that particular time, I just like really related to this book and loved it. And um, I kind of followed her career as she grew older and I grew older and she wrote more books. And it had never even occurred to me to like Google her or anything. I just like when a book would come out and I'd see her name, I'd buy it. Um, and I wasn't on social media until two and a half years ago. And when I did join, I realized she had like a social media following and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, great. <laughs> she had like book events I could go to. And then um, a friend of mine, a friend of a friend, um, 
had we had coffee and she said, Oh, that how neat you're starting this podcast. You know, I have a friend named Danny Shapiro from like where I go in Connecticut. Maybe she would be interested. I was like, Oh my God, she's like my favorite author. So I was co-hosting this lunch for the New York public library a few weeks later. And I said, well, would she want to come with you as another guest? Cause they were, she was already planning on attending. So we all three, you know, chit chatted during this lunch and she was like, well, sure. I'd be happy to come on your podcast. Um, and she did. And it was amazing. She came to my house because I used to record them all in person when I could. And people, authors would come over and we'd go in my kitchen and have coffee and then we'd go upstairs and chit chat. And by the time they left, we were like friends for life, you know, because I, I just sit there and I listen to people talk for half an hour and ask them questions. And I'm legitimately curious about what they think and feel. And I think it's rare to get that kind of undivided attention. So yeah. uh, anyway, she, yeah, for sure. uh, and, and then on the way out, she was like, you know, you should do like an author series of events. And, um, and I was like, okay. So I just came up with this idea of doing book fairs in my home where I would get books from um, a local bookstore and just invite everybody I knew and sell them. Um, and then I would have an author come and speak. So I interviewed her live with another author and uh, that started my whole event series, which I had going for quite a while until the pandemic. So, um, so it was just great, like so full circle. Um, yeah. And actually now she just submitted a blurb for my new book. So like my anthology has a quote from her on it on the cover it's just so cool wow yeah. <laughs> so neat. Um, yeah yeah so with your work interviewing all these incredible people um what's like the biggest takeaway you've gotten out of it and like how has it like changed your perspective personally meeting all these like I mean obviously successful people um you know there have been a, a bunch of takeaways. One is that I am so not unique like I thought I thought that like my series of um, you know, neuroses and, um, you know, worries and the way I, you know, my sense of humor or just like, who, like, I find the same sort of personality traits in so many people. And it's just that I hadn't really met those types of people before. But this particular group of writers, I seem to have a lot in common with, and it makes me feel, um, you know, much less alone that, you know, there are other people who communicate not necessarily best by speaking, but by like pouring their heart out through their fingertips, which I've always done without even thinking about it. So it's been really nice to meet those people. Um, I've learned a lot about um, advice for aspiring authors because it's a question I ask every single guest. And, um, you know, I've learned about some of these things aren't huge surprises, but they're just very consistent. But I've learned about the importance of having a teacher identify talent and encourage you early on. Um, the importance of having a writing group or having support people who can read what you write now and not do toil completely alone. Um, you know, the importance of, of working through failure and that failure is a part of being a writer and you have to kind of know that and be prepared for it and not take it personally, which for a group of people who are already highly sensitive for the most part is a particular challenge. Um, so those are just a few of the things um, I've learned, um, but I have learned so much else. In fact, as I'm saying this out loud, I'm like, I should really write an article about all the things that I've learned <laughs> on my podcast. So maybe I'll go do that next. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So Rhea and I actually do speech and debate at our own high school. And so we have also a pretty big love for writing and speaking as well. And we go to so many tournaments and stuff, but um, regarding like, I don't know, like, since our environment regarding podcasts and like lit the literary world and stuff is like totally changed because of this pandemic and stuff. How do you see that 
changing post pandemic or like what do you think what do you think is going to change because like i i know for a fact that it's not the same as it was before like do you have a studio that you record in or is it changed what do you think uh for the podcast part or for the writing part or both? Uh, for the podcast part or both for yeah the podcast <laughs> part i mean i used to do as i mentioned most of my interviews in person um and now I can be much more efficient doing them remotely. So I'm not sure I want to go back, even though there was something sort of intangible and bonding about spending the time. Um, I'll have to think about it. You know, right now also I'm very worried about, you know, being around people a lot. So um, the idea that like I would have a steady stream of people in my home like I used to, and I'm like a huge event lover. I love to throw events and parties and gather people and connect people. But I don't know, I'm very skittish about it right now. So I think um, podcasts will continue to be recorded remotely. Um, it also seems like um, the world is even more open to ideas somehow. Like I have all these other uh, podcasts that I want to start now. And I was actually just talking to my husband about one this morning. And I was like, you need to start. Dads don't have time to. So um trying to scale sort of different podcast models and, um, you know, it's not easy necessarily to break into the, into the, you know, ever present sort of strum of, of, of podcasts being released and recorded. I can, it's like this low level hum throughout the world of all the podcasts. Um, and it's hard to get above that and, and, you know, have your own sort of musical note stand out. But, um, but that doesn't mean that all the other podcasts are not as valuable. I mean, I think that podcasting is allowing people to connect in a new way and it's an important way. And it's a way, especially when they can't do it in person, um, that's really vital and important. So I think the art of conversation is more important than ever. I think the importance of listening to other people is really important. Um, you know, the world is so crazy. The pandemic, politics, everything is unpredictable and unreliable and um, very stressful. But the connections that we make between each other is one of the only things we can really count on. So I think podcasts will continue to rise in popularity because of that. And um, I think that they're going to have to continue to find ways to innovate. I mean, one of the ways that I uh, really like expanded my podcast was because of the in-person things I was doing. Um, so yes, I had the podcast, but it, it almost has become part of a larger brand at this point, which I didn't set out to do necessarily, but I think other podcasts will find that too, that, um, that you have to experiment in multiple media, not just podcasting to really take your podcast and, and make it a brand that a podcast in and of itself is may just be a piece of something. Um, and that it's important to sort of expand your vision and into what, if that's a piece, then what does the whole look like? And I think more people will, will be sort of digging deeply into that. Yeah, absolutely. That's actually really interesting. Um, so Rishi and I were talking kind of before and we were saying like, um, because of the pandemic, we're not really meeting any new people. And so I think that's a big reason why we started this podcast to be able to start reaching out to all these, you know, really influential people. And so um, I was going to ask you, like, in terms of literature, how do you think this is changing authors and people's perspective when it comes to writing or podcasts or anything like that? Because um, I feel like I'm always in the same circle. I'm not really meeting anyone different because I don't get to, like, walk on the streets anymore. So in terms of, like, 
like literature, what do you think authors are getting out of this? Um, well, in terms of not meeting new people, I mean, this is the best way. Like, I feel like I now have friends, yeah, like close <laughs> friends who I have not ever stepped foot in front of, which is the weirdest thing. But we're friends. We Zoom, we email, we text, we do, we connect, we help each other. Like, I don't know what else to say about friendship. You know, it's just that we don't ever see each other. It's like bizarre. But um, I also, I think that the global element of communication via podcast is really amazing. Um, and also through literature, but you know, I've done po podcasts with moms in Nigeria and now like we stay in touch and I know what it's like, you know, preparing for COVID there. And I, would I have ever known that in Australia and, um, Singapore, like I, I've had zooms with people everywhere and it's the coolest, right? I mean, everyone, suddenly the world feels so much smaller, um, than it did because of this, I think. Um, and I think it will continue to feel smaller um, as time goes on because we've all been sort of united by this global pandemic. And for the first time, it doesn't matter, you know, none of it matters at all. Like we're all in it, we're all just humans. And I hope that people remember that. Um, I don't know if that answered your question in terms of literature, um, but you know, what are authors thinking about it? I mean, I think that, there's a big question mark as to how the pandemic will be covered in fiction. Will it be addressed or not? Um, will there be too much fiction? Will there be too much nonfiction about this time? Um, you know, a lot of people have said they are uncomfortable writing now. There's so much uncertainty and anxiety that it's not creating their best writing. They're unable to be as creative. Although I think that at this point people are getting over that because, well, basically they have to, but um, so I think that it's going to inspire new, new ways of writing, new ways to communicate what we're going through. Um, I think that, um, you know, people's attention spans are continuing to decrease and it's, you know, it can still be a tough sell to say, you know, delve into this 500 page work of fiction. Yeah. Um, so I think authors will be mindful of that. I wouldn't be surprised if things got a little shorter as time went on. Um, or there's just that the meaning of a story that you can, you know, I bet there'll be more launches of books or what the definition of a book will continue to shift um, to audio. I mean, a long podcast could be a book. I mean, why is that not a book if it's written in chapter serialized format? It's the same thing. It's just you're not holding it. So I just think that books themselves as tangible items, the definition of, of story is going to trump sort of book not to use that word, but, you know, I think it's, I think that storytelling will be, continue to be of huge importance as it's been throughout the centuries, but I think the format in which it's delivered may shift. Yeah. <laughs> so as a bit of like a breather, what do you think, what was something like super interesting that's happened on your podcast or a funny time that you can think of something super memorable? Um. I mean, I was just telling somebody about this this morning, but um, there's a country music star named Sarah Evans, and she wrote a book recently called Born to Fly. And um, I just started talking to her about how I appreciated her honesty about her body in the book, because a lot of certainly celebrities, but other people as well, don't always own up to feeling insecure or whatever. So I just brought mm -hmm. that up and we started talking about it and next thing I know, like she was crying and talking about how her daughters had sort of staged this intervention and 
said, you know, her focus on her body wasn't good for them and how she felt so bad about that. And it was just this like very raw, personal, sort of confessional moment um, that, I don't know, it just has stayed with me a lot. Um, And we ended up DMing afterwards and, you know, I was like, can I help you? And, (laughs) you know, um, so (laughs) there are are just moments of connection like that. Um, This is what I'm saying. I mean, I have girlfriends who like I went to college with or I've been friends for 20 years who might not open up to me in the same way. I mean, most of my girlfriends open up to me, but, you know, just maybe not my best girlfriends, but people I know, you know, I think that in a, you know, somehow in this podcast format, people just open up. I'm actually thinking maybe I should just like do a podcast with my husband and see what he can tell me. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. <laughs> something about yeah. the intimacy of the format that might make things mm-hmm. um, uh, come up. So anyway. Yeah, I yeah, completely I agree. It's a pretty interesting way to communicate with different people like we were talking about earlier and yeah, we look forward to like seeing how this will change our organization as well, who we meet and yeah, how we grow. Yeah. So um, when we were talking about literature, I was going to ask you like in terms of the pandemic, do you think that like all authors in the next two years are going to just be talking about the pandemic? Do you think it's going to be an overarching theme? Is it a little overused or do you think it's a good thing that everyone's talking about it? Um. I think there's a danger of it being overused, but I think it's impossible to ignore. I mean, we still don't know the end of the story, right? We're in the middle of it right now. So until there's some resolution, it, it's hard to ignore. Um, I think, you know, they'll, but also how great a feeding ground for fiction, right? I mean, I feel like I wonder, and I don't know about you guys all the time, like, oh my gosh, well, what if this scenario what if I was in the middle of a divorce and like I couldn't see the man I was madly in love with and what if I was you know sick like I don't know there's so many what ifs and I think Mm -hmm. what if what if is like the basis for fiction so um yeah I don't I don't know I mean I think no one's gonna want to sit around when life is back to normal all the time reading about what it was like, you know, do we want to just forget it? I also think it will be more interesting as years go by, right? I mean, I compare it to like World War II fiction or nonfiction or whatever. I mean, there's so much of it. And yet we don't necessarily tire of it because, right, like the Holocaust or something like that, you know, like it's awful, right? And and in a way you can't ever stop remembering it. And um, it's not overplayed but I think there's a place for it, right? Yeah, for sure. Like dystopian fiction and stuff like that. It's super interesting to me. I know books that I read. Well, I love fiction. I can't really read nonfiction sometimes. But um, I was going to ask you, we see on your website and on your social media that you meet with people like Alicia Keys and like Jill Biden. How exciting was that? Because that sounds like really cool. Jill Biden was so nice. It felt like I was like sitting and chatting with one of my mom's best friends or something. Like she could not have been nicer. Um, She was just amazing and so open and um, so real. Alicia Keys too. She was great. I mean, um, Alicia Keys, I I try to always do like we're doing now, like to see people doing it, you know, face to face on Zoom or something. Um, Alicia Keys, I did just audio. Um, But even still, I mean, 
you know, she, I had her like chat with my girls for a minute and, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, you know, we've kept up, um, through her publicist a bit. Well, mostly because I keep asking her for things. Um, but, (laughs) uh, you know, it, it's really exciting. Um, I think the other thing is like, I don't know. I've just never felt so much like everybody is not the same, but it's like Alicia Keys is going through some of the same stuff at homeschool. I mean, she was going through a lot of the same stuff as me, as everybody. And, um, you know, fame, what is that really? I mean, it's just that you've gotten to a place of success in some way. Um, it doesn't necessarily change you are underneath. So I just feel like I'm less intimidated I mean, I think before I started this, if someone was like, you're going to interview all these famous people, I'd be like, no way. Um, but because it's happened so slowly and gradually, um, maybe not slow as other people see it, but for me, it's been like an all-consuming thing for almost three years. And three years is a really long time. Um, so I, at this point, like I don't get as intimidated talking to people who have achieved a level of fame. I'm more curious how the fame has affected them right? Like how, like if somebody's just had their, if somebody's just had their book picked, um, as like the GMA book pick and they have their book up in Times Square, like I'm not intimidated by that. I'm so curious, like, oh my gosh, where were you? Did you cry? Who did you call first? Like, how does it change you now? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm so fascinated by that. So I think that even people like Nicholas Sparks or somebody who's had like a bazillion best-selling books and movies and everything, you know, how did he do it? What's it like? How does it feel? Like, and everybody ends up talking about the same things. Well, this is what's going on with my kids. And these are the people in life who I lost. And I don't know. I just feel like this sounds so hokey. And um, I don't know. I just feel like the more time goes by, the more I feel like everybody's just sort of on the same page in some way. And I think that's why sort of the divisiveness that goes on in the country and politically and all the rest is so deeply upsetting. Um, and gets away from like our true humanity. Um, so anyway, I'm like completely rambling now, but <laughs> no, no, yeah. it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's so crazy to think that like famous people are just like us, like even you for that example, like to us, you're famous. So like yeah. super famous <laughs> in fact. So Aww, it's super cool to like, so <laughs> it's super cool to like meet people like you and like learn your perspective. Like, I mean, that's why our whole podcast is a thing, but I don't know. It's just something about, like you said, podcasting, face-to-face, talking real time. It's just super cool. And I don't know, it was really nice meeting you too. So yeah, sorry, I completely jumped on (laughs) the ball. Um, Yeah. So just to kind of add on to what you were saying, was there anyone in particular you were like really extremely excited to work with? Um, Someone like you never expected to be able to interview? Uh, I mean, I was really excited to interview Cheryl Strayed, who wrote Wild. Um, I just did an Instagram live with her. Um, and actually I had to reschedule it because my, um, my mother-in-law, um, had COVID over the summer and ended up passing away and it was this horrific, awful thing. And for the last two weeks I ended up canceling everything. Um, and I was like, I can't believe I'm like, and of course it didn't, I didn't think twice about doing it. I had to cancel everything. I couldn't even think straight, but I was just like, wow, another time in my life, if I had told myself that I would be like, oh yeah, sorry, Cheryl Strayed, uh, you know, I can't make it to our Instagram live, you know, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, 
so she was really exciting. And, um, but honestly, some of the most, some of the best interviews I've had are people that maybe nobody's heard of. And I have to, like, I find myself hoping that people are listening to those episodes and not only listening to big names because, um, I just did this interview with a, a man. I mean, he's like 29, 30, something like that. Matt Bocci, whose father passed away on nine 11 and he endured sexual abuse and drug addiction and then worked his way through it. And like, that was an amazing episode and so inspiring. And, um, so there are people like that who are just sort of unforgettable. Um, yeah, I can imagine. So, um, I think we all learned that family is a huge part of like maintaining our heads during this pandemic and stuff like that. So as a mother of four kids and somebody who's like constantly accomplishing different things, what do you think the future of, I think we've talked so much about literature and podcasts. What do you think, I don't know, the whole like work field and jobs will change in the future because, or how family life would develop and stuff like that. Do you see it changing in any way? Um, I think, uh, yes. I think people will continue to remember like just how important it's been to be at home with the kids. Um, like I'm, I mean, literally my son is about to open this car door right now. Um, yeah. So this is what it's like on to your question of what it's like. Um, I think there is a, an intersection of, um, family and the rest of life that will not stop now. And I think that, um, because so many meetings are transportable, you know, you end up doing them in places like the driving lot of horseback riding. Um, and uh, it leads to obviously a level of distraction. However, you can fit so much more in. So, um, yeah, I think it, I think actually it, you know, it strips away all the pretenses of these like fancy office jobs, which I've never really had because they were never really for me. But you know, people in their fancy suits, like tromping around or high heels and going into meetings and their work computer and this and that. You know what? Like we're all just like at home on on our computers with our kids running around, like that's it. That's life. So why does it have to be so separate? Right? Like work life exactly, balance, like yeah. whatever. It's like, this is life and work is a part of it, mm-hmm. but kids are a part of it just as much. And for me, at least like, I don't know, it's about sort of finding a way to integrate them all the best as I can. And also knowing that I'm just going to continue to mess up all the time. And that's part of life too. Like, I'm just not going to be a perfect parent. I'm not going to be a perfect podcast guest. Uh, you know, I was late here. <laughs> I'm doing this from the car. They're miserable. I don't know. I'm just doing the best I can. I thought this is a good idea. So it's just yeah. one day at a time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. So um, one more question and then <laughs> we'll get, uh, make sure you have time. Um, we were just going to ask, like, we're talking about, you know, what the world will look like in a decade. Like, how will everything change? Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? What do you think the world around you will look like? I mean, I hope I'm I'm healthy and that everybody I love is healthy. Um, in 10 years, let me think about that. I'll have two 23-year-olds, a 15-year-old and a 16-year-old. Oh, my gosh. My hair will probably be completely white with worry. Um, no, in 10 years... Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I I would like to think that I will have created something of value that kind of can live on after me. Um, Mm -hmm. I'd like to have like included a lot more people in whatever I'm doing and building. Um, I will have met so many more people. Um, 
I don't know. Uh, I don't really have a goal like that anymore. Um, hopefully a lot more books. I don't know. Yeah, I think life is based off of this uncertainty. And I think I can vouch for both Mia and I that um, your podcast is kind of sort of what inspired us to like make our podcast as well, because we just wanted like a way to communicate with people like completely around the world. Like you said, people from Nigeria and stuff like that. It's so cool to have a system or like a method of communication because like, like you said, without this pandemic, I don't think it would be as easy to reach these people to like meet them in real time. So yeah, that's really cool. Oh, well, that's that so nice of you to say. To um, but yeah, that's, that's all the questions we have. <laughs> Great. Um, Gosh, you will have a lot more to report in 10 years than I will. That's a time of a lot of change. We uh, hope so. <laughs> this interesting time to sort of grow up in the world. So um, anyway, well, thank yeah. you for all thank the kind things so you said. Much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Ms. Owens. And that concludes our episode for this week on Our Future, Our Time. Make sure to tune in every other Friday to hear our next episodes about the world and what the future will look like. Next week, we'll be talking about the future of authenticity. Make sure to tune in.